0: The Tech It Up Talk podcast aspires to educate, inform, and inspire educators from teachers to school leaders on tips, tools, and resources to support the integration of technology into classroom instruction. You ready? Here we go. You're listening to Tech It Up Talk with Dr. Mac, your host with the most passion for supporting educators from teachers to school leaders with the integration of technology into instruction. In today's show, I have a classroom teacher who will be sharing her experience, her challenges, and best practices for integrating technology into kindergarten. That's right, our little learners have leveled up this year and with a huge push and major influence from the pandemic to start their beginnings and sharpening their saw with technology and learning. And I love speaking with teachers and learning from their experiences in the classroom. After all, this podcast is about supporting teachers and leaders with the end goal of supporting our students with positive outcomes and effective learning experiences. So of course, the voice of a teacher is necessary as they are the backbone for preparing our students. And my guest today is an awesome educator who teaches kindergarten with a passion for making learning fun She is entering into her 10th year in education and has enjoyed growing along with educational technology throughout her teaching journey. She has made it her mission to leverage technology and keep her students engaged and learning in ways that are pertinent to their lives. And hybrid teaching has inspired a new level of technological creativity for her in response to the demands of the 2021 school year. As a result, she has had the privilege of chairing the technology committee at her school and in this role, she has realized that she enjoys not only teaching young students, but also supporting her colleagues to become more comfortable with technology. So I would like to give a warm welcome to my guest today, Miss Jordan Field. Hi, Dr. Mac. I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited for you to be here.
1: How are you today? I'm doing good. It's Saturday. I'm freshly on summer break, so I'm actually feeling really good. How about you? Oh, we just busy, busy
0: here. But <laughs> so let's talk about you're on summer break, which is great. I wish I was on a summer break. <laughs> like, if you had to choose one word to describe your year
1: in teaching, what would it be? That's a really good question. One word that would encapsulate my entire year this year in the pandemic of teaching would be uh enlightening. This year uncovered so much for me and you know, like you said I've been teaching for 10 years and you think oh I'm a, I'm a pro at this and you kind of get settled in your ways and this year really shook up a lot, really showed me a lot. So I would have to say enlightening. All right. That, I think it's been an enlightening year for all of us. And
0: <laughs> I'm glad you said that because the goal of this episode is for us to discuss your experiences and your challenges that you may have faced and overcome and best practices for using technology. And um, as we know, COVID-19 has had a major impact in education and so many educators have had to rapidly adjust their instructional practices from face-to-face instruction to virtual instruction to hybrid learning um, and teaching. And so I want you to know that your knowledge and your experience in the classroom can and will help other educators to enhance their instructional practices and their systems in the classroom. And so what I would like for you to do is just start with sharing with us your experience and transitioning into your instruction this year.
1: Um, I think like most other teachers in the 2019-20 year, yeah, it was the 2019-20 year, we were just sailing along doing what we had always done and COVID hit us like a ton of bricks, especially my school, we happened to be on spring break when when the shutdown happened. So we didn't take anything home. We didn't pack any packets. We didn't do anything. We just woke up one day and couldn't get back. So we had to change on a dime. And um, we started with Schoology. No, no, no. Even before Schoology, we started with Flipgrid. That was the first thing that we rushed to because we knew that it was a way to put up some content that our kids could interact with whenever they had time, if they had access, and just keep some semblance of learning going. And then we did that for about a couple of weeks and we saw great numbers um engagement every day, kids, you know, responding with their versions of what we were doing with household items and things like that. And then in, in about two weeks, our district responded with training all the teachers on Schoology. And we got um Schoology going and we got asynchronous, very short, but asynchronous assignments going on and that's how we finished out the school year that was interrupted and then we um went into this next school year they gave us more in-depth training on um we got a new curriculum so we got trained on the new curriculum and we started off completely virtual all of our students um logged on to schoology for asynchronous instruction Mm -hmm. and to small groups and that was on google meets for a short synchronous instruction. It wasn't mandatory, but we really encouraged kids to come. So we just kind of were always changing. (laughs) That was our experience. We were just trying to, at very first, we were just trying to meet the kids with whatever we had. We were literally making math assignments with sponges from the bathroom. We just (laughs) tried to give them something. And um, then we got into more of a flow of things. And then we got, we started off fully virtual. And then the kids that wanted to come back came back. I was still virtual fully the whole like first three quarters, mm-hmm. and then the very last quarter I got to come back hybrid. So it was just ever changing all the year.
0: Wow! And so, what were some of the challenges uh, or roadblocks that you faced in transitioning?
1: There were so many. I, it was it was like um, the the path for me to come into technology started well before we had to come in. So. I actually, I was over the Academic Achievement Committee that year and so my job was to kind of um, support kids in academic achievement in ways outside of the classroom. So one of the big goals that I had were these um, academic nights and the first one we did, we did a popcorn and PJ's night. We had all the parents come out in their PJ's and the kids come out in their PJ's and we did kind of like uh, the same kind of hands-on games that we do in the classroom. We gave them uh, little samples of it to do it at home, and we taught the parents how we teach these things in like, letter achievement, and or letter sound um, correspondence, or math, or stupitizing. We would just make it in hands-on ways, and we'd send it home, we'd teach the parents how to do it. And my bright idea was the kids love to do these things on iPads and computers. So I thought, oh my gosh, let's do a technology and color night. So about one week before the shutdown, we didn't know it was coming. So I just thought, well, our kids love technology so much. I'm going to do a technology and color night and all the parents are going to come out and they're going to learn about all the kids' favorite apps, ABC Star Starfall, all the things that this, the district has subscriptions to because they can be continuing this learning on at home on their little phones or whatever. So then, I invited all the parents out, and we had really low turnout. And I didn't know why I didn't get hurt. My feelings so bad. <laughs> and so we had planned so much, and we had really low turnout. But it was because I didn't realize that the parents—they didn't have technology at home. They didn't know how to use technology. Um, a lot of them were intimidated by technology. So I had that blind spot thinking because my son may have an iPad and, and knows how to use and all that and all that stuff. I didn't have the connection with the community to know that that may not be the case for the population that I serve. So that was a really big challenge. And so that was something that I think we all had to overcome once we had only technology. And so um, one big challenge that we had was the technology and the fear of it and the, um, the lack of, we didn't have a lot of internet in the homes in my community. So we had to give out hotspots, we had to get them um, first Chromebooks—that's what we sent home first—and then my district got a partnership with Apple, so we collect all the Chromebooks and we sent the kids iPads. And so even that change was really hard for our parents. And um, just just uh, basically training the parents and um, help helping them to learn. While I had grace for what they didn't know, and mm-hmm. they would sometimes become frustrated, and I had to be you know a listening ear and and encourage them. I know it's hard, but you'll get it. And, then in turn, they became that for me when I would put up a link on Schoology and it wouldn't work, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I don't know what I clicked. It's like, it's okay, Miss Tina. We know you're doing your best. So we had that community that that we had to create because of those challenges, but there were there were many. <laughs>
0: so were your were your kids on different devices, or were they um, so that you had to also manage having the uh, iPads and the Chromebooks?
1: I sure did. So I would say in my class specifically. I would say maybe three kids had very old desktops that they were using. So sometimes they would give them issues of just being very old and very slow, uh, like load up speeds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I would say um, about mm, the rest of my kids, I would say about 80% came and got the Chromebooks and then gave them back. So at the end, they had 80% had Chrome iPads. There was about, mm, I'd say 22% that kept, not 22, what am I doing with my math? 18 percent that, that kept the chromebooks so i had chromebooks ipads and then very old computers and shaky hotspots and wi-fi so it was a challenge
0: right right because the the prior year how, how were you guys set up with technology was it
1: just classroom tech or they, they weren't just yeah. one-to-one it was definitely not one-to-one and what we did have were every classroom had about five chromebooks And so our kids were pretty proficient on the Chromebook. So when those went home, it was pretty seamless for the kids to use the apps and clever and the things that they had already learned to do the previous year in their pre-K year or were already doing in class. But um, but it definitely was not one-to-one. So they didn't get to spend as much time with them as they were required to do this year. And the parents had never seen them because they never went. So that was hard.
0: Yeah. And you have a a younger group. And so, you know, I think it was even harder because this is probably their first time being pushed and thrust into having to use it outside of probably their parents' cell phone in a a more meaningful way for learning. And so how are, what are some ways that you use technology with your Kinders?
1: Well, inside the classroom, we were using it a lot. So we would put them on Clever and then there's an app called Myon where they were required to read every day. And it has just, um, a huge library of books, and they can choose like the subject they want to read about. It will even do the leveled readers, so that you could assign books to your kids for practice. We would use Starfall, that I think every pre-K and kinder teacher loves. Starfall we use that for calendar, and they can explore letter sounds and things on there. And what we you using before the pandemic, I want to say mostly Clever, Myon, Brain Pop, those kind of apps that you kind of use to supplement what you're doing in class, and they. The way that we were using it before, the kids needed a lot of um, instruction. So it was more teacher-led than um, student-led. And now we know better. But, back right. then, but <laughs> that's what we were doing.
0: Well, look, I'm excited because a lot of people are learning to know better. And, you know, I've been <laughs> in this role for quite some time. So, you know, I got excited when the pandemic hit only because of that component of the work that I was doing prior to it uh, was a little more challenging, um, but now Mm -hmm. this kind of like thrust us full throttle. um, And so I'm excited to see where we go. Well, my next question is like, what systems did you have in place to kind of help support the process? Because especially with having multiple devices, um, having parents at home who may not have been able to support their um, student the same way as another parent could or the way you could in the classroom. And so Mm -hmm. what are some things you had in place
1: to support your class? So in my class, the, the biggest thing that I needed to do to support my students was to train their parents and to support their parents. So what I did first is I centralized where they could find me, and I put everybody on Class Dojo. Some years, in the years prior, I would get maybe 80% of the kids' parents to get on, or like very close at 90%, but this year it was really important for me to get every parent in one place where we could all correspond. So I made sure that 100% of the parents got on Dojo. And another thing that I forgot to tell you earlier is the way that our school was set up was that kids would come into the classroom and out of the classroom every quarter. So let's say you tried in person and then came out, you would get dropped into Mm -hmm. an in-class teacher's class or a virtual teacher's class a lot. So our kids were moving very fluidly throughout their learning models. it was important to me that I had dojo set up so that all of my parents, whether you just got in now or whether you've been in the beginning, would have access to all of my tutorials, all of my videos. They would have access to the parents who have been already here and they, we would be a community. So that was one system that I set up is making sure that they had a way to reach me any time of day and that if they couldn't find me, they could post the question on the dojo stories and then another parent might be able to answer it. So we set up that and um, I also made like lots of videos for parents to reference. And so, Screencastify was my best friend. And, um, what's the other one that uh, Bloom, where you can screen <laughs> record, yes. That one, when they made it to where a you could record very long videos on it. Yeah. That was a game changer. <laughs> so, we, we definitely made a lot of tutorial videos for the parents and just set up a community where if you hit a roadblock and a link isn't working, you can message me and I'll fix it. Or you can message me, and I'll call you, and we'll we'll get on maybe Google Meets, and I can either show you exactly where to click and share my screen, or we'll figure it out together. The best thing that I ever did is just basically became available to my parents,
0: and that's very important, especially when they're still having to learn adjusting. I know at the beginning, even myself as a parent, because my my daughter was in kinder during this process and trying when we were all virtual, trying to manage my time. Uh, when trying to get work done and trying to also help her at the same time. And so those parent supports were definitely helpful to kind of help get her to where she needed to be um, and also give me a little freedom to do the work that I needed to get done as well. (laughs) Uh, And so speaking of that, what what are some things that worked well for you
1: during this time? Oh, So many things. So the best things that that work for me is i'm i'm used to being a really fun teacher that's like if nothing else is i mean grades are important to me and mastery is important to me but i believe that the way you're going to get there is to keep them engaged so what worked for me is transitioning all of the games or gamified things that we would do in class to online. So my kids' favorite thing to do is game shows. They just love it. They, they really love to be a contestant. They're so competitive. And so what worked for me is like putting things on Nearpod and first teaching a lesson, but then giving them a chance to like work out their skills and problem solving against their peers. And there's a feature on Nearpod where you can do a time to climb. And so the kids, they pick a little character and they climb up the mountain higher if you answer your your questions correctly and quickly. So you have to have a really deep level of understanding to get to the top of the mountain. And you want to be the rest of your friends up there. So that work, they love Nearpod. Um, boom cards, that's been super integral with like um, assessments so it's like an app where you, like in the classroom, we would put cards in front of them. And then it's kind of like a drill where, you know, you'll put an apple on the screen. You'll tell them, okay, what, what letter uh, or what, what letter makes the ass sound like apple? And they find the letter, they click it. But that's really hard to do when you're doing um, uh, virtual learning. Mm-hmm. And so what I would do is I would just drop the link, create it, assign it, drop the link. And then my kids would do it for five minutes and just click out of the link in this video and then go do all your boom cards and then I have so much assessment data of who knew this one who took two tries at it so I know if they're shaky mm-hmm. so it doesn't yeah it doesn't like just tell them no you know keep going it does teach them the right answer but it also you know gives me the data that I need and right. so um what else worked really good for me uh clips from apple they all got eventually got those apple ipads and so they had been all year watching me do you know in the asynchronous time videos of like hey guys it's me miss feel and i would talk about whatever i'm talking about um that is my free case apple trained us on clips and my kids have been watching me do youtube videos and i try to you know jazz them up and i hey guys it's me Mrs. feel and stuff like that and so i started noticing that in my kids responses to my videos they would say things like Hey, Monsieur, it's me, such and such, such and such. So I knew that they, and they would even say like, welcome to my YouTube page. They really felt like they were on YouTube just responding to me. So yeah, (laughs) So when we got um, access to clips, we learned how to um, teach kids to make their own YouTube videos with even slant transitions and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so we trained the kids on that and it really helped them with their expression and their ability to explain what they had learned and to retell stories. And do it like maybe in when once I went um, hybrid, my in class kids would go to their little corner, make their video. And so I'd be working with a whole other group of kids and they'd be telling you what they learned. So it was good in assessment and expression. And uh, I think slides was paramount, PowerPoint is great. I could, I could go on. on. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Well,
1: you, you said
0: that you like to make learning fun. Tell me about this game show. How did that kind of go?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So. It sounds fancy when I say game show, but it's really not fancy on the creative side. So if you think about like um, on Wheel of Fortune and then Vanna White seems so glamorous, she's going over there, she's touching the letter, she's flipping around. But what she's really doing is just flipping over a a rectangle (laughs) and showing you a letter. And so I do the same things in my classroom where we'll be talking about um, the sounds. Like So at some point in the year, we want the kids to be able to tell you that, um, are the sounds or the phonemes that make up the word ham, right? So I'll put up a picture on the screen of a ham and there'll be three boxes underneath. And in PowerPoint, I'm just going in and putting three squares over that and touching it and making it disappear. But the kids love it. <laughs> and so if they're at home and I'm doing this with them, I'm doing it on my screen, you know, I'm, I'm uh, sharing my screen and doing it. But in the classroom, it's even more powerful because I've got my giant um, Promethean board. And I'm like a game show host. And I'm really just handing up <laughs> for them and they love it. So we've done game shows to learn what we want to know. We've done it with Goldfish. I do that on PowerPoint. I do it with Boom Cards because if you do that same, like the assessment technique, but you do it on the board whole group so everyone can learn, they feel like that's a game show. Um, Nearpod, they feel like contestants in a racing game show. I just always tell, and I make my own little theme music, all this stuff. Okay, guys, let's do name that letter. And they just, they love it. Gets wow. them engaged. And they it.
0: <laughs> so I like the fact that you're bringing the joy factor and leveraging the technology to kind of enhance the joy factor. And even those little simple things, like you know, sometimes people like we PowerPoint people to death, but if we repurpose the use of PowerPoint and how we're using it, it can really change the dynamics of the classroom. And so I love that you were your uh, student's van white.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> <trying> okay. <me. laughs>
0: OK, well, let's kind of move on. Um, so do you feel like the pandemic has had a positive impact on your instruction?
1: I definitely do. And I know that it's challenging for everybody, so it wasn't always it could have at some point been stressful, especially to some of my colleagues that it doesn't come second nature to them. But for me, I feel like while everyone else may be looking forward to going back to, I wish I could go back to, or I can't wait till we go back to the way things were, in my classroom, we're not ever gonna go back. So, you know what I mean? It's It taught me so much about the ways that kids can take ownership and agency over their own technology. So I obviously wasn't giving them enough credit before, so I'm never gonna underestimate my kids in that way again. Um, It's taught me so much about the way to automate and then provide more access to education. And so we'll never go back to, well, I missed Tuesday, so I missed that whole lesson, you know? (laughs) So in my classroom now, I've had kids who, you know, unfortunately, maybe their family got sick and you know, in this day and age, you can't really come to school with a cold or anything. So they'll, will have missed three whole days. You come back on Thursday, and we may be in more of a review form of the lesson. We're not really in the, the introduction phase. So they essentially would be more lost or I have to lose teaching time, reteaching mm-hmm. it. But I have so many videos that I've created now on that lesson that I can put you, instead of having to read that read aloud for your whole class again, I can sit you down, you rewatch that video for 10 minutes, you come back, now you never miss that lesson. So it's really changed the way that I do things. And hopefully it's it's changed the mindset of all of us so that we can, you know, give kids a little more credit and a little more access.
0: Well, it's definitely music to my ears. Um, and so let's talk about the teachers who, because not everyone may have the same feeling as you with the technology piece. And so what advice would you have for other teachers who may have been frustrated quite often through this, this time period?
1: What I would say for those teachers is you can find support. So what doesn't come easy to me, there's somebody in my school that it does come easy to them. And they can give me some tips and some pointers. So I found myself this year helping a lot of my uh, teacher friends just to learn the basics of like PowerPoint or things that you would think that you don't need to teach somebody. So the district may not designate training on it. Mm-hmm. If you know, you know, you have relationships in your school, just ask somebody because somebody knows how to do it. So for the teachers that um, it just it's just asking a lot to to upload to school and, and, and create this video and do this and do this. You can lean on your teacher friends who already have it, because I found that this year, especially um, with organizations and podcasts like like yours and people like you that, that don't mind sharing there's so many untapped resources in education Mm -hmm. and you know by nature of what we do all of us are prone to want to share what we know this is what we do we're all you know in education so Mm -hmm. if you reach out to a person in your school or in an organization or listen to a podcast or look on pinterest the information is there Mm -hmm. so there's no reason to feel intimidated or like you'll never get it because you will and people will help you All right.
0: Well, I love it. And thank you so much for sharing. We're going to move on to our next segment of the show, which is one of my favorites. I like to call, get your tech together. (laughs) So in this segment, I would like for you to share some must have tools you think that other teachers or uh, educators leaders um, should have in their digital
1: toolbox. Okay. So I think that the best things to be in your toolbox, if you specifically are an early childhood educator, would be boom cards. Those are awesome. That's a great resource. Um, Nearpod is great. I leaned on that really heavily. Um, YouTube is, you know, we a lot of us find like the blippy videos on YouTube to support our science lessons and things like that. But there are so many teachers who are teaching the curriculum that you're teaching in a different way than you. So sometimes I just go on there and I look at different teachers' videos and the cool things that they're doing with it. And I find great inspiration there. So I think that those are really good um, websites where you could get started. And um, another thing that you could do is start a tech committee at my school. I was the chair along with one of my best friends of of the tech committee and she was on the pre-k side and I was on the kinder side and we don't have our tech specs anymore. So the the rest of the staff just kind of knew to come to us with all their questions. So if if you don't have a tech committee, you should start one. If you do have one, you should join it because that's where all the technology is. Anything I think it's good. Oh, yes. I think that in this upcoming year, I don't think that we're going to see technology go away. So the best thing you can do is train your students and their families on the technology on the front end. And then that way you can have those automated procedures for the whole rest of the school year. You just got to put the time and the grace into training them first and then it'll flow from there.
0: Yeah, you know I like that because I tell a lot of teachers cuz sometimes they the frustration comes because they want it to work automatically, but you really got to scaffold and build those opportunities to learn the technology tool in in conjunction with the instruction. And, and purposely and be intentional with it versus just uh, wanting to use it and think it's gonna work effectively, especially if it's something new. And so mm-hmm. I think creating systems and also building in time for learning opportunities. Um, you can do small chunks at a time, especially with the younger students, because um, I know it's been more challenging for our um, teachers of early childhood and kinder than it has been for our uh, students who may be secondary with the technology piece. And so, um, but it's not like all is lost. There's still possibility there and so much growth that they can do. And like you said earlier, just underestimating the ability of your students, you know, with what we may be comfortable with. And so I really appreciate that. You share some, definitely some great Tools um, for other teachers to go check out. So I hope they can go check that out and add to their digital toolbox and, and see how they can um, leverage those tools as well. And so we're going to end with our Tech Smackdown top tips for other educators. And I want them um, to listen to this podcast and then come back and share with me on uh, which tip you think Miss Bill gave was the best. Uh, you can. Connect with me on Tech It Up Talk, Twitter and Instagram um, at Tech It Up Talk. Jordan, if you don't mind, go ahead
1: and sharing your top tips to walk away with. Okay, I wrote them down. All right, so top tips, get a tech committee, join a tech committee. Number two, get on Nearpod, boom cards and slides and make game shows. They will change your life in your classroom. Game shows are great and the kids love to be competitive. And number three, just train and support everybody, just like uh, Dr. Max said, in small chunks and centralize the location. So if you can put, if we still have Schoology or, um, or Google Classroom, continue even once you're in the classroom to drop, put all your links and your little tabbies and icons in one place. That way little kids just have one thing to go and click for and that is the best thing you can do to make sure that they can get on 27 apps very quickly <laughs> and easily. <laughs>
0: Oh, but thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us today. And I want us to end with how our listeners can connect with you and become a part of your network and learn more from you as a teacher of our little learners.
1: Oh, you can find me every place at thekindergoddess.com. It's like kindergarten, but kindergarten. And so that's (laughs) my website. (laughs) The kindergarten is my blog. I'm on Instagram um, at I think that one's just kindergarteners or the kindergartens. So uh, there'll be somewhere you can find them. But you can always find me at the kindergarten. I'm working on putting up more, more things onto my Teachers Pay Teachers store. So you can check those out. That's also at the kindergarten. So if you look for me, you'll likely find me. All right.
0: The kindergarten <laughs> has spoken. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been a pleasure. And I hope I can have you on at another time. Oh, I'd love to be back.
1: Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to the Tech It Up Talk podcast with Dr. Mac, your host with the most passion for supporting educators on using and implementing technology. Be sure to connect with me on the Tech It Up Talk Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram at Tech It Up Talk or at Dr. J.E. McDonald. Now, I know teching may not
1: always be easy,
0: but it sure is fun.